Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, guys, here at Sports coming back. Sean and Brad with you today. We have our friend Corey in the house. Episode 28, uh, rolling with you today. Fellas, how you guys doing? Great. No complaints. It's a nice Saturday. Weather's good. Yeah. It is good, man. For Halifax? Dude. Yeah. This is Halifax winter. I felt like I was in Victoria. I woke up. I'm like, what in the world? I know. You're going to wake up from what the Super Bowl like and no, no, it's like, uh, so it would be like 45 your temperature, I'd say. Hmm. 45 Fahrenheit. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's that 30. in Celsius? Like three? Yeah, about three. Three or four. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's fair. So, Brad, yeah. let's talk about our sponsor. Yeah. Flyers Brewery. I was uh, just in there last night. You guys, uh, today... Humble Blonde for me last night. A lot of the pacemaker pour these cans are the business. I'm telling you, this is uh, the place to be. Uh, if you're a can guy instead of a growler guy, uh, Flyers has you covered. Pop in there, corner of uh, Highway 20, and would be have. Yeah, hold, hold that can up again, there, Brad. I, I want I want people to understand. So Brad is a rather large man, okay? Yeah. And little, that little can for my size. <laughs> that can actually looks like you know. <laughs> yeah, it makes you look like a little two year old there. It's. <laughs> Does that excite you? Oh, that's a little <laughs> creepy. That's a little creepy, with dude. Your, with your, it's not creepy. The only way you're gonna beat me is if you have if I'm two. <laughs> <laughs> They're dancing bear martial arts or whatever that is. Dancing is Krav Maga and yeah, Aikido. I yeah, yeah. Which is is really for dancing bear. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I stopped in. So remember um, Spin Drift Brewery there? So yeah. I stopped in. And look the, at this. Uh, it's uh, it's funny to see the size of this can and then the size of your can. the size of my can. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah, the size does matter. It that's does. Matter. Look at this thing. So this is a uh, Toller by Spin Drift uh, Brewery here in Atlantic Canada, Dartmouth, uh, 21 Freezy Avenue there in Dartmouth, uh, Nova Scotia. So this is a, let's say it's, Toller Gold. It is, I, I would call this a Pilsner if I were to call it anything. It is right now currently the cheapest 12 pack in Atlantic Canada. Well, Nova Scotia, anyways. So if you if you're looking for some Super Bowl beer and you want something that's a five percent and looks gold, not like <laughs> the apple juice last week there, but uh this yeah. No, that wasn't apple juice though. That was that was Killick. That was Killick. It's, so, you know. it's not what it looked like this. <laughs> Toller Gold. So named after the Nova Scotia Toller Retriever. Okay. So excellent naming. Excellent. Corey, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking on a Saturday as a gift from my uh partner. She decided to grab me some pumpos. Uh, craft Rattler. So I'm drinking a bit of a grapefruit and tangerine. She said she'd like to make sure that I get some fruit while I'm uh, on screen this morning. So, uh, yeah, very important. So, yeah, Pumpos puts out a pretty great drink. So, no complaints. Good deal. That's perfect. Man, world of sports, buddy. World of sports. Trades. Trades. Exciting time. Unbelievable. Um, so my wife actually had a great quote. I had to write it down because I couldn't believe that she was quoting this. So usually we have the wife uh, wife question of the week. This is the wife statement of the week. Hmm. I, 
wow. There are some QBs that lead the team, and there are some QBs that need the team. Quote Joanna Church. Uh, <laughs> I think that's very accurate. Very accurate. Yep. Yeah. Matthew, what, uh, what was her motivation for that quote? After watching Stafford and Goff get traded, and she's like, there's some people that just need that team, and there's some people that will lead that team, and both those guys aren't leaders. <laughs> Neither are leaders. Yeah, I'd argue half that point. I think I think Stafford was the leader, but I think Stafford had his chance to lead when he had all those weapons back a few years back, and you still can't win a playoff game. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll see what the future holds for them. I mean, I, I remember him putting up 27 points a game, and typically that's enough to get you to win if your defense isn't tr- atrocious. You know, like the the bottom. Yeah. They had a historically bad defense. Yeah. I mean, and Dominic and Sue the was there, right? And Dominic and Sue was there on that team. Yeah. The great, uh, yeah, the great face stomper. The great face stomper. I still like him because that. he looks like a WWE character. That's why he does, he's man. He's <laughs> he not does. a good football player. <laughs> well, he is a good football player. He's just not a good guy. How about that? Fair assessment. Sure. I'll yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, he's just not a good guy. Yeah. There are such people as such, like Brad Marchand. <laughs> I can't believe uh I can't believe that Jared Goff got that price, to be honest with you. Like that's Jared Goff got that price? Well, he was even included in that deal. Like I felt like he was on the uh, the cusp of getting cut, I think. So the fact that they were able to trade him as a win for the LA Rams is the only really win they got. It's it's so hard to believe. Yeah, it was a first round draft pick two years ago. He was the number one draft pick. You know, that's yeah. the only that's the only time in the league that a number one pick has been swapped for a number one pick, the number one overall. Pick. Yeah, isn't that crazy? First time ever. But it took two other first round picks to get it done. That's how bad Jared got. It. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's a well liked trade by a lot of people. No, I think if you're it, in Detroit, you're really upset. I mean, it's a signal yeah. of a full rebuild in Detroit, which, I mean, to be honest, if Dan Campbell's your head coach choice, like yeah, that should have been your signal was full rebuild. Yeah, yeah, yeah the hope's a long-term. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that. I still think Detroit won that trade altogether. Yeah. Just because of draft, draft picks. If they draft well, yeah. Well, that's the question, right? Yeah. Uh, as a as a Seahawks fan, how, how does that make you feel now you face the Worse. Rams twice? Stafford's a way better quarterback. Than I know. <laughs> <laughs> like it just seems already. Sean McVay. What was that you said? That Sean McVay got the playbook from uh, uh, what's his face? The old the other coach there, Fisher. Jeff Fisher got the playbook from Jeff Fisher before he left. How to beat the Seahawks, and now he's added another weapon to that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh... I think the dark horse to get, uh, I don't know, is it even dark horse? I think the favorite to get to Sean Watson is the 49ers. I think that's the, I think that's going to end up being the deal that gets done. And that's terrifying to me, yeah. the Seahawks fan. Because the Sean yeah. Watson puts, they, they give San Francisco like a three year window of being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. You know, the Rams, they're the Rams, right? Like they'll be competitive. You know, they're always, you know, on the edge of being contenders. Yeah, their sucks, defense is amazing. Yeah. The Rams That's defense. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And we'll see how the picks work out. They haven't had a first round pick for two years because of the Jalen Ramsey deal. They won't have a first round pick for the next two years because of the Stafford deal, but it may not matter. Yeah. 
Well, if you, you were know, in oh, the yeah. window of now, it, right? It, six, seven years, no, no, yeah. no well, you know, Yeah. In, in the NFL, you know, having all the rounds, you can find, you know, I mean, there's Hall of Fame players they find in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, yeah. free agents. You know, you can really make some moves not having a first round pick. So is the first round pick great? Yeah, if you get in the top 10 usually, but it's not a guarantee. I mean, think about all the guys. I mean, there's definitely like lottery guys that like are studs, first round picks that are studs, right? But there's also a ton of guys that are all pro dudes that got drafted late. True. Like second, third, fifth. You know what I mean? So, you know, losing your first round pick in the NFL isn't detrimental. It's not the same as it would be if it was in hockey or basketball with that draft system, right? But, um, man. Well, the thing is, like, is going to be something. Yeah. It's going to be one to watch for sure. In in hockey, I mean, it is. It's like, look at Ottawa. It took them a while there because he got rid of so many first round picks over well, the last little bit. Yeah. So yeah, it's detrimental to a team, really yeah. in the NHL. I'm, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, I mean, about you look at Montreal, Montreal basketball. Yeah, Montreal, Sorry. right? Right, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Like Montreal's used. Uh, you know, they they picked up more more guys drafted in the early rounds. So the you know, and even LA, LA now they're they're deeper than other teams because they got so much youth. I mean, they're still not in a win right now position, but I mean, I guess Montreal's kind of building their team around, but. Yeah, I mean the NFL. I can definitely agree. Uh, differences in terms of, you know, where you're losing those first round. Yeah, I mean a lot of your quality players in the NHL are in your first round. Sometimes you might get a, a second, a third that may never have an NHL career. Yeah, well, there's just so many positions in the NFL, right? I mean, you're talking about 22 starters, not including specialists. You know, so like if you need a to say you need a certain position, the the likelihood of every other team needing that same position is so slim. Yeah. There's so much rotation, right? And so unless you're talking the quarterback position, I think the quarterback position, if you got a solid quarterback, because this is the first time I think I've seen 16 teams that like the 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 way that it was it's been written through most sports media outlets, 16 teams are looking for starting quarterback changes. Yeah. It's 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 unheard of. Yep. You know, and, 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 and you have to think that the draft, I mean, really your big one is Trevor Lawrence. Then everybody else is kind of crapshoot. It's, it's <laughs> well, that, maybe that's why it makes sense. You know, I mean, they look, they're looking down the road at what the talent is, you know, they're not, they're researching the sophomores and the freshmen in college right now. They know what's out there in the next yeah. few years. Potentially. Yeah. And if you're planning on being a winner, if your team is a winning team and you're going to like, you know, this is something we talk about in my circle a lot when it comes to like what we think Seattle should do or other teams should do is if you're going to be in the playoffs perennially, like we gave up two picks for Jamal Adams, right? Right. But if we continue to win and go to the playoffs, that picks in the twenties. And so Jamal Adams is better than the 20th overall player. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Absolutely. So the Rams you're thinking, Hey, if we can, if we can win with Matt Stafford, Detroit's going to be picking in the twenties. Like, I mean, that's not a, it's not a big gamble, but. Especially yeah. since really, I mean, Jared Goff's going to be your starting quarterback in Michigan. So it's like, yeah, you're, Maybe. you're definitely. Yeah. Maybe, right? Who knows? Well, who is he yeah. competing against over there? Who, who else is there? I mean, they'll bring somebody in and it's, you of know, course. Who's, who's to say he's not going to be fragile mentally? He's not the toughest <laughs> mental dude, you know? Let's go uh, watch. Did, go yeah, watch come first. on. He, he go played. Watch hard knocks. He going played, hard knocks. All right, I didn't watch that, but he did play. Knocks, yeah. He did play with that broken thumb there. Like he he fixed his thumb, yes, came back to play. Tough. He's not mentally tough. He didn't know where the sun rose and set at. 
Well, that's just that's just ignorance. That's just pure ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Mitch Trubisky didn't know how to call the end of a huddle, right? Like that was his problem there. Yeah, that's a nice. That's a that's a. <laughs> and Mitch Trubisky is probably in the same trajectory as as Jared Goff, right? Yeah, but at least he wasn't number yeah. one overall, man. It's <laughs> close. <laughs> What's worse, being number one overall or being the guy picked in front of Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Here's True. the thing. Do you, do you remember that game with Mahomes against uh, the Bears and Trubisky? I think that Mahomes was counting. Yeah, was it Mahomes? Where he, Mahomes was drafted low, lower than but he was, Trubisky. But he was drafted. Uh, Trubisky was drafted in front of Watson and Mahomes, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's why he was counting. He was counting on his hands, like where he was drafted, right? And I was just like, "Oh, Patrick, stop!" Wasn't like it, wasn't <laughs> it five? Wasn't it five? It was five picks after. Right? Five picks. That's what he did. He counted on his and hands. He threw to show five them. touchdowns. Remember? Yeah, and he showed him, and he's showing yeah. him, and I'm just like, oh, stop it, Patrick! This poor guy. <laughs> I mean, Patrick, me, I would rather I would rather be drafted number one overall and not be great uh, versus being in Trubisky's boat and have Watson and Mahomes behind me, and the teams being like, what about those guys? Well, what do you think Alex yeah. Smith feels like every day when he's there looking at his like Aaron Rodgers probably sitting there going, how many does he count? How many does he uh, count over would, Alex Smith? I would say that he probably looks in his bank account and feels pretty solid about his position. Yeah, yeah, but even he's on the trading blocks now too. I mean, it's it's it should be. Yes, his team hates him. We said at the beginning of the season, his team hates him. Every team he's played on has hated him. He's not. You know? Lampton, uh, our buddy Lampton, uh, who was on a couple weeks ago, he told us he told me one time that Alex Smith can't throw a twenty yard out with a tennis ball, and it, like I watched him ever since then. He can't. He can't throw that ball at all. It's terrible. Christ. And that leg injury. That leg injury was yeah, just horrendous. You feel bad for him for that. Yeah, That's, yeah. You know. When Joe, when Joe Theismann, who notoriously always talks about his own leg injury, when he gives it up to Alex Smith about his leg injury, like you know, that was bad. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, so Super Bowl is this weekend, brother. It is. It is. I I bad. am stoked. Stoked. Yeah. It's man, I don't know. It, it just feels weird. The whole game feels weird. Why? I don't know. I just I've bet against Tom Brady too many times. I just feel oh, dude, you already made your pick last week, man. I, I'm just there. Are you flipping? Are you flipping already? Because I'm, I'm confident what I picked. Confident. I'm not, I'm not flipping. It just feels weird. <laughs> okay. It feels, it feels like a Royal Rumble almost. You know what I mean? Or like it just feels there's a lot yeah, of hype. It's WrestleMania three, man. It's WrestleMania three. Yeah. I'm telling you, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania three. It's yeah, it it's feels, it feels something. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary to think about it. The two top talents. I'm telling you, this is a passing of the torch. If Patrick Mahomes could do it, he is yeah. going to be the guy. Then if he doesn't do it, dang. Then ta- TB is going to be playing till he's fifty. I guess I don't know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> playing till he's fifty. Yeah, if he wins, just retire. One almond for dessert, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just there. I'm. 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 I'm literally there, going to myself. Okay, so so it's impossible to bet against Tom Brady. He's just burnt people in the past. It's, it's not impossible. It's, it's silly. It is <laughs> like okay. So so here here I am at work, right? And so we have a thing. We have a position called the marching NCO, where you get to march the students around. Okay. And one you of the buddies, your only job, 
No, no, you have, you have the rest oh. of your work, but it's just like it's just an added thing you got to do, right? Oh. Yeah, so, guiding and, the student. Guiding the student like a special like uh, button to wear near the pelvis. So no, no, no. But you get a pay stick. You get a oh, pay yeah. stick. Yeah, you get a, a pay stick. A pay stick. What yeah. is that? It's like a rock. It's about a four four foot long, four foot long stick. You get to hit somebody with it if they're not. Like, no, no. Not it. Pace, you get to like get them in the. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Nancy Kerrigan them in the yeah. Leg. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, though, it's just one of those extra things you just don't want to do, right? And so. One of my buddies is there going, okay, let's go and uh, bet all the rest. And there's only like a few oh, weeks. Yeah. And he goes, let's let's bet the rest of this weeks that's uh, for this course. You take my marching NCOs for the remainder of this course. And I'm picking Tom Brady, he said. And, and I already was picking Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, I can't do it because he's burnt me so many times. It's like even something like that. I don't even want to do it. I don't want to bet against him. I don't, I, he's burnt me so many times. That's why we talk about our betting was our hearts or betting was our wallets, right? It's the, yeah. This is a clear case of that, you know, like you want to talk about who you want to win. It's easy. Or who you expect to win. You want to put something on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Must be it probably, he'll probably bet you a flat of that dog beer. No. <laughs> that dog beer. Yeah. yeah. The dog beer. <laughs> Give me some of that dog beer and uh, we'll yeah. talk. All right. <laughs> yeah. I can see. I see Sean at work. He's very passionate about how he feels about, uh, you know, what the, what you think the outcome of the game is going to be. Yeah. It, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Cause Sorry, I mean, Corey, we've given Sean a platform and now he feels like people would listen to him. So he's probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, imagine it's, that Sean has a T-shirt with a microphone on it, so he feels like he's always on, and he wears it under his uniform, and then he just like speaks into it, like he's on. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. That's getting edited into the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing that one home. Oh, yeah. Man. Now, oh. I, I find it interesting, you know, like definitely this week, as you know, everybody's been leading up to it and all the talk, you know, but what what's going to happen and the legacy, you know. Is Brady, you know, if Brady wins, you know, is he continue on? You know, he's the GOAT. Is, you know, is this, you know, 10 Super Bowl appearances? Does he win? You know, does he move on? What does it do to Mahomes if he doesn't win? You know what I mean? But either yeah. way, you know, three years as a starter and then, you know, you're going to your, you know, second, second Super Bowl in a row. So I think it's where to go. I, I think. I think Kansas City, I feel like Kansas City's gonna pull it off. You know, like I could be I could be sitting here with uh betting some dog beer with Sean. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might you might be getting a delivery, a UPS delivery down to the States with some dog beer on it. You know? <laughs> on the line. And, and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Man, let me let me let me tell you something. Okay. So um there's another quarterback that was going to a second Super Bowl in a row that faced Tom Brady. And it didn't work out so well for him. Well, I, I was just going to bring it up. I saw it last night, and it said uh, first year starting, uh, that quarterback also lost in the playoffs, right? First year, the starter, Mahomes, lost in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Second year, the starter, that quarterback, won wins the Super Bowl. Second year, the starter, Mahomes, wins the Super Bowl. Third quarterback goes back to the Super Bowl, third year starter, right? It's Russell Wilson. He loses to the Patriots. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Tom Brady, more importantly. That, so now it's Mahomes' third year as a starter. And it's like, it's Tommy Brady, Tom Brady. Where, where are we going to go, Patrick? Gonna be, yeah. uh, it's, it seems like this Super Bowl, like there's more underlying tones to it than it's just yeah. being about the, the game. You know what I mean? Like it seems yeah. like this is Brady's legacy of, you know, I separated from Belichick. I've proven myself, you know, he, you know, I didn't feel, didn't feel it to stay in new England. Now I'm moving on and Hey, look, look what I've done with uh, the, the first quarterback potentially to win a super bowl in your home stadium. Yep. Unbelievable. Even just, just the odds even get that it yeah. so slim. Yeah. Like if he pulls this together, it just elevates him even further. Like, Oh, for sure. And bringing the bucks from basically nowhere within yeah. You know, just this season to they're going to the Super Bowl. They were the second or third best team in their division. You know, going into the season, like without Tom Brady, it's them yeah. in Atlanta going for two, three, right? I yeah. felt like yeah. this year, you know, and the Saints were clearly a step above them last year until the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but even like without Tom Brady, New Orleans is clearly a level above. Mm-hmm. And then you just add yeah. Tom Brady, and then you have this, you know, the favorite. And even the sideshow they have with Antonio Brown and Brian Gronk, all those, like, that's a lot of personality to mix it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think he brought the, you know, the super team mentality, like, hey, look, I'm going to take the show to Tampa. Who's coming with me? Yep. Well, I, yep. I don't disagree, but I mean, you know, to start, as we started with the, the teams <laughs> that are leaders or teams that need teams, like, Tom's a leader. Tom is yep. a leader. Like I, I'm, I'm so sick and tired. He might be the greatest leader at quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah, to be honest, I'm so with sick and tired. I'm so sick and tired of people even Stephen stating now that he is a system quarterback. I think he's proven that as a big old oh. sham of a lie. Because when you go over to Bruce Arians' system, and trust me, I don't think Bruce Arians is there calling all those. He's not calling plays for Tom Brady. There's most quarterbacks they're going to listen, like Andy Reid. You, and Eric Deanemy, you're probably going to listen to him if you're Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is calling all of his own plays. Not yet. But Tom Brady, yeah. heck yeah, he's calling his own plays. He's not listening to Bruce Arians. Come on. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. Well, I mean, Bruce isn't calling the plays. I think Byron Leftwood is calling the plays, right? But I, Tom, Tom probably. Did you just say Byron, Byron Leftwich? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I remember him as a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember him when he was at Marshall and he broke his leg and they carried him down the drive so he could throw in overtime so he could win the game? Remember that? Going <laughs> <laughs> way back. That is way back. But what I'm saying, I think that my impression of how it works for Tom is that um, he he runs the plays that are called until it gets to be dicey or they're, you know, he looks and sees. He, he probably has the freedom just to change any play he wants at any point in the huddle at the line, wherever. But I don't think, yeah. I don't think that he is, has a script, his own script and he's just running. No, I, I'm lot. not yeah. saying that. That's a lot to put on somebody, but he's, he's a guy there. That's definitely, okay. I don't agree with this. I'm going to change this on the fly. Yeah. You know, well, I'm going to do he this. He understands how to read defenses, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. He's looking at him. He's seeing stuff, you know, he's like, man, if they come out in that defense again, I'm running this play and smoke checking them. Like, who was his? Who was his teammate that he sorted out there? Because he was all butt sore. He didn't make the uh, Pro Bowl, and he basically said, "You're pl- who?" Oh, which you mean in New England? He yelled. No, no, at, no, no. He he, he, let, he yelled at uh, 
in Tampa, in Tampa, Either Devin White or uh, David, one of the two, because they were crying because they were so happy after they won the NFC Championship game, and he told him yeah. to shut his mouth because they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's a leader. But that's a Tom yeah. thing, and that's the same yeah. thing. It was, uh, it was Jamie Collins was pissed off about not making the Pro Bowl mm. when they won their last championship, and he told him he's like, "What are you?" He goes, "I'm not here for Pro Bowls. <laughs> you better go sack up, son. Let's go. Yep. You got a game to win." Man, I he doesn't I, care. Like Tom just yeah, doesn't yeah. like. Man, his goal is to win the Super Bowl every year. He doesn't care about the rest of it. And I think Mahomes is is wired similarly as well. Yeah. Like as far as I that wiring, Mahomes' dad probably put a lot into him. Yeah, yeah. His dad had that same. I mean, he has a as a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher. Like you know, that's yeah. the game, right? The game isn't stats. The game is to do your job and get the win. I imagine that Patrick saw that or heard that a lot growing up, because he has he just has it. Whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree, I, and I think that you know. I think, I think Tom brings a lot, you know, to the team and, you know, that leadership piece. And, you know, Brad, when you're talking about, you know, he's not sitting there calling his own play, but, you know, I think that he's got a lot of experience and influence, you know, when it comes to, Hey, look, you know, here's what works, here's what doesn't work. You know, he knows his strengths and weaknesses and what he's, you know, what's going to work best. And, you know, I think he brings that. I think that, you know, him going to the Bucks this year from, New England has shown that, you know, he has that, he has those qualities and he can bring that to a team and yeah. succeed. You know, like I, I've been, I've been, I've been riding him pretty hard all this season there. Cause I mean, I just don't like Tom Brady cause he's destroyed my bills. Yeah. He's destroyed <laughs> my bills. I don't know how many countless times. <laughs> There's but other reasons to not like him. There are, there are, but like the thing, <laughs> that's the thing one of them is, for you, but like the rest yeah. of them, you can't like, yeah, Tom's living the Tom's living the dream, man. You know, but I'm hearing a oh, lot of man. people. I'm only hearing a lot of people that are like, you know, like I'm cheering for Tom this year for the first time because you know he was on New England. I hated him on New England, but he's good here. But just to 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 walk back, what I was trying to make my point is that I was riding Tom because he he picked a team with Mike Evans, with uh, Godwin, with all these weapons that are there. Leonard Fournette getting added, but he week. never got a chance to play with any of them until like I mean, he literally had to learn the plays, learn all their quirks and everything like that in that one season. This is a minor miracle. Remember how Tom broke into somebody's house trying to learn the playbook? He thought it was Byron's house. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that story i do <laughs> it's like you're not the guy i want to see here <laughs> imagine if tom brady just walks in your front door like first of all like they live in a neighborhood and locks their doors like this nice. that's what tom is to start with but imagine like that's the move like all of a sudden your door opens and it's tom brady walking in like with a playbook <laughs> how about you come back yeah. later <laughs> yeah Later. Like, oh, I'm calling the cops unless you leave me one of those rings. <laughs> I got lots. I got lots. Yeah. You got a bunch of them. Yeah. You know, I thought this week, too, there was a lot of back and forth about, uh, you know, where Tom would go and what he would do. And I think, I just think he wanted to be uh, on the East Coast in the NFC. I think he wanted to be in the NFC. I think he wanted to stick it to the AFC at one more Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's all calculated. And, like, I think we just hate when it works for some players. There's just something about just something about Tom. <laughs> well, I mean, what did they say that, you know, a lot of the, the reason that he left New England was because Belichick didn't ask him to come back, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's got to be 
something there to say, you know, for Brady, okay, well, where can I go? I feel like I can succeed by not going to a super team, but a team that, you know, we're going to, we're going to foster and create and, you know, have a good team. And now he's, you know, and stick it to Belichick, you know, I'm sure it's, it's cause you know, and they, and they say they're like, you know, he's got nothing against the owner, nothing against Foxborough, nothing against the fans. It's just, you know, that's that part of between him and Belichick that it's like, it's time to move on. You know, like you're not showing yeah. me any appreciation for all that I've done here. And I'm sure to a degree is Belichick looking at it like, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I'm the star here too. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is football and it's about me, but Tom's, you know, annoyed, like, you know, well, give me the right pieces. Cause yep. you know, the last couple of years, he's kind of getting dogged for the fact that, you know, oh, well, Mahomes is the man, you know, where, where's yeah, Brady Mahomes, at? Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes got weapons. Secondly though, give, Give Belichick a few seasons. Give him about two seasons. Get let him get some fifth round draft pick again and build them all the way back. Sixth round draft pick and build them all the way back up. What's that? Yeah. Give him one more. I mean, you yeah. can even like this this season is an outlier because they have they lost what 10 defensive starters? Yeah. That tied out due to COVID. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, and they still were competitive. That's the thing. That that just speak saying, volumes like, to Bill Belichick. Have a resurgence and everyone's gonna be like, oh, but just remember that. This year was a bit of a asterisk for New England in, in the fact yeah. that they weren't loaded. They didn't just lose Tom Brady. There's a lot of players that didn't. They come scored in enough points with Cam Newton if they would have had a defense. If they had a defense, I think they would have won more, more games. Won. Absolutely, and th- and that just speak volumes to Bill Belichick and what he's able and capable to do, right? Yeah. So I, I dislike Bill Belichick a lot. He's my second most hated coach behind Nick Saban. I think they're both, <laughs> they're both you can't knock what they are. You just can't. They're winners. They're winners. Yeah, no, like, regardless, because I mean, if you do the comparison and you compare them, you know, to guys like Phil Jackson, like winners, coaches that you know they bring the Zen and they mold those teams into winners. Of course, well, people you know, like, like Phil Jackson, though. That's the thing. It's like Phil Jackson. Yeah, I, I like Phil. Well, because they always liked his approach. You know yeah. how he was. You know, a players coach, yeah. things like that. So until he hit New York, know. I think when he hit the Knicks, I think he just lost it there. Well, I think there was the Knicks has been a tr- the Knicks has been a dumpster a dumpster fire for a long, long time. And whether ever or not since Jeff, Phil Jackson, ever since Jeff Van Gundy, ever since they had a little Chihuahua down there chewing Alonzo Mourning's yeah. leg, the Knicks haven't been yeah. good at all. Yeah, that that. You know, there's some heat fan in Miami that has like a little Knicks doll that they do some voodoo. Gang Gunny chewing on his leg. <laughs> I love watching that. I love watching those old replays when it shows when he's yeah. down there grasping onto thighs. Hilarious, yeah. <laughs> little Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, Man, I mean, can you I believe mean, Phil's Phil's role was different? I don't know that that uh, either that Belichick or Saban make a good GM. I think they're terrible at it. <coughs> right, right. True, true. The yeah. GM doesn't have the control that a coach has. I mean, they shape a roster and they do all those things, but they don't have the day-to-day buy-in that a coach has. Like, yeah. those are two different skill sets. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you, you're you bringing up a good point as far as that's concerned. Um, But Phil Jackson, he was, I mean, to, to, to manage stars – Right, and it's not just like to manage starts and make sure because they're all they're all going to be coming to you for minutes, right? It's like I'm not getting enough minutes. I'm not getting, you know what I mean? Like that's got to be a tough thing to do on its own to be able to manage stars and then to oh, yeah. manage them on the on the look, look look at Brooklyn right now. Now the the Kevin Durant mystery yesterday that was absolutely insane. I, I 
He came in contact with somebody with COVID. The tests were inconclusive, but we'll, we'll let him play coming off the bench. Oh, wait, he tested negative. Oh. Okay, we're good. Oh, he tested positive. Oh, we got to pull him now. He, he never tested eight minutes. positive. He tested negative. No, he tested times. negative, what, like three, t- yeah. three or four three times? times? Yeah, but, but apparently it was inconclusive. that if you're in contact, it doesn't matter what you test. That's what yeah. the protocol said. That's Which why is absolutely ludicrous. Out. It's ludicrous. Well, It's ludicrous. Well, I, they're, they're all going to play it safe because – you know, like just the way things are going. And don't forget, you know, down in the States, depending where you're going state to state, things are worse than other places. So I think they're not seeing like what's going yeah. on in the NHL right now. Like, yeah. you know, the amount of teams that are postponing games because they're losing, you know, not just one or two players, they're losing eight, 10, you know, like, what is it? I think, was it uh, New Jersey? One of the teams, like they lost like 12 guys. They're, you know, on the protocol list. So I think teams are, are being, over cautious, you know, like think hey, about what happened been- with Kansas City and that barber. Oh, yeah. that's crazy, yeah. right? Patrick Mahomes' hair, and it was just like, ah, there was 20 dudes in line, <laughs> bro. If that if they would have waited just a little bit longer, it would have been more than just them two guys. It would have been 20, dude. Imagine having 22 guys not being able yep. to practice for the week. That's oh, crazy. insane. That's a insane. death sentence. Yeah, you know. detrimental to seasons. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden and, it's like and, and February seventh has moved. <laughs> yeah. Now well, you mentioned you did bring up the Nets and uh, yeah, you know yeah. managing managing stars. Now you got a rookie coach with Steve Nash there, but he brings and, he brings in Houston's old head coach there. Uh, oh, now I can't bring up his name. What's Houston's old? Yeah, brings him in there. I don't know how much Steve Nash is coaching. I, I got to be honest. Like, well, uh, I mean, Steve's got a basketball mind, but he's never coached. Yeah, like, exactly. He's never. Well, he's never yeah, he's been on the coach. side. He was with Steve Kerr for a while, though, in Golden State. He's been oh, yeah, yeah. organization. Yeah. He's been behind it. He he's hasn't been, been around. Head, yeah, 100% he hasn't been a, a bitch coach, but he's yeah. been NBA, a culture building yeah. guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's for sure. I wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, like, you know, playing basketball in Canada, like Steve Nash, I met Steve Nash 20 years ago when he was in Halifax. So, you know, like he's a, he's got the basketball mind. And I think having played in the the NBA personality for it too, to kind of mesh those guys, he he understands how to get those things together. Yep. Uh, It's interesting to me that James Harden is leading the league in assists since he's been in Brooklyn, not in the league, not overall, but like, since he's going to Brooklyn. And see, that's, that's where I'm assist a game, dude. That's something you've never seen from James. That's what they said is that when he went to New Jersey or sorry, when he went to Brooklyn, because that's where he wanted to go because him and Kevin were talking is yep. that he's going to reshape his game to fit into that dynamic, you know, that Harden does what he has to do to win. So when he went to Houston, Hey, what do you have to do? I got to take a score game. Yeah. So that's what he did. Now it's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go to the nets. What do I have to do to be successful? And yeah, his stats have completely changed yeah. the, you know, and I think that, bringing him in everyone says okay well you know the nets they're going they're going to the to the final they're going to the final i think it's going to take up a season right it's going to take up a good season in order to yeah, figure out what the nets that. are yeah, yeah it's, it's like sometimes they look fantastic and other nights they look like trash just, like, especially because the raptors oh i don't care i don't care that kevin durant came off the bench played eight minutes you still yeah. have harden you still have irving you know what i mean now i'm not gonna say that kyle lowry is uh garbage because he's nice he's probably top five top 10 for sure in the league as far as point guards you know and then uh pascal siakam um yeah freddie van vliet is a great player 
you know, he got that 54 point game just a few nights ago. Yeah. But the thing is, it's still the Raptors and you're the Nets. And they're still, and that's it. They're still trying to find their way because how do you manage those three? I mean, like, look, when, uh, when the Nets went into Cleveland, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they got spanked. Yeah. And you look at that game and it's like, who had the most shots that game? Well, Kyrie, then Kevin, then. So I mean, like, yeah, it's difficult for me to put that Cleveland game up and say that that's a like a precursor for who they are because no, no, because Kyrie went in with something to prove to Cleveland. Yeah, he just didn't work. Not that guy. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie's the. Well, that's the thing is, and Kyrie is box office. This guy's, you know, for sure. He is Uncle Drew, buddy. Uncle Drew. He's legit. It's just managing. You know, how do you get the three of them? To all be those pieces, and again, I don't think I Kyrie is as good as what gone. everybody thinks Kyrie is. Though I mean, he had his chance there in Boston to be the guy. He should never have left Cleveland. When he Kyrie stuck, when stuck Kyrie, it out with LeBron, should have stuck Kyrie's it out. Mind is right. Kyrie is a fantastic player. Yeah, but yeah. when he's Uncle Drew, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, but when Kyrie's mentals are not quite together, then yeah. he's talking flat Earth. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on with him right now that leaves everybody, you know, really perplexed what's going on with Kyrie. And it's like, okay, well, you know, but the thought is still if even without Kyrie, Harden and KD could still take yeah, well, the Nets. We can't, we can't forget what happened last year with the bubble. And Kyrie was almost derailed the entire season restarting in the bubble because he felt yeah. like from a social justice aspect, they should not be playing. Yep. That hasn't left him. Right. No. That's probably the reason why he was gone for a couple of games because he felt yep. like he had some things he had to take care of. Yeah. So Kyrie's more than just basketball, which I mean, hats off to him for that. But absolutely, you know, you you still it's you know, I think he's starting to own it now more than he has before. We saw that mm-hmm. at his press conference when he came back, but he's yep. still not in mentally. No, all the time. I, I feel like, I feel the same way about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's launching businesses midseason and playing like garbage in those stretches. Like that's great to Russell. You want to have another life outside of football, but at the same time, launching businesses and life. Support. What's your number one job? Yeah. And what are you getting paid to do? Making babies. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. No one's no one's upset about him making babies. That's that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's not taking a lot of his focus away. That's <laughs> human nature, man. Human nature is going to happen anyway. Everybody's everybody's on that train one way or the other. Yeah. Probably. COVID babies. Yeah. That's happening. <laughs> yeah, they're like gremlins, get them wet and they multiply. You got to take your hats off to the NFL for the what they managed to do for the season, right? And even though switching teams around and everything like that in order to make it work. NBA is doing a good job. NHL's having a little bit of a harder time. I'm surprised actually this season that NHL's having a, a legitimately harder time. I, I don't know. Uh Canada, of course, the Canadian division, not too bad. Not having the same issues, but I think yeah. it's you know, not not in the same degree as teams in the US. But I think, you know, hats off to to all the professional sports teams because I think each league has taken a page off of, hey, look who who's doing it well. How are they doing it? How can we do it? Uh, well, you hit it on the head earlier when he said about the different states have different lockdown measures. I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah. You got guys that are traveling in to states that are a little more open than they are where they come from. And so those guys are out eating dinner and doing those things, even though they're probably not. Yeah. 
there's rules against that. But, you know, I mean, you tell me at 25 with all that money that you're going to listen to somebody. Like, Well, and, and I mean, like, I don't know if you guys are segueing into the whole NBA All-Star discussion of what's going on, you know, the talk of the game in Atlanta. But I know that that's the big thing. You know, LeBron's annoyed that, you know, well, wait a minute, what's this talk of we're going to have an All-Star game, but yet you got us basically in lockdown. So then if you go to the All-Star game, well, what are we doing? Are we in lockdown for five days in Atlanta? Yeah, well, I think Absolutely. everyone joined in LeBron's uh, deal last night. It doesn't make any sense. The All Star game, not doesn't. at all. You could, you could, you could do something like you know the fans can vote, and they make their all All Star team, but you don't have yeah. to play. You know what I mean? It's like this is what we thought the All Star should be this year. You do like the sideshow that uh, the Pro Bowl was, where they're just playing Madden. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why not? You just play 2K. It's like, well, because I think the NBA, I think the league wants to, you know, what kind of revenue can we generate from the TV deal of having an all star weekend? Yeah. But at the same time, the players are like, well, wait a minute, you told us we were getting a five day break. Yeah. Now you're coming at us with this. And then, you it's know, not if you right. go, but then they yeah. say they're, they're more worried about the players that don't go to the, to the all-star game because then those are the ones that do have the five day break. And what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, no I, so, I hear that. I hear that. I mean, to be honest, if it was, if I was running the show, I wouldn't have a break. No. no yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah. going. <laughs> Why? And, or like you guys said, is just to have the vote, you know, like, Hey, look, maybe you run like a two day break, have a game and take two days off, you know, yep. behind the thing, cause you can control that aspect. Right. I mean, that happened in Portland when, uh, you know, Memphis was supposed to come to Portland and they're going to play a back-to-back, right? And then Memphis couldn't get a team together because they had, you know, their COVID issues or whatever. So Portland have having like six days off. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they didn't come out of it with any cases. I think you can do that if you're staying home and not having a break per se. You could have a break in games where you don't have that level of activity if the guys need a break, but you still have got to have shoot-arounds and you just have to control the situation. But I'd be concerned if I was like, you know, whatever team, the fact is, is that, okay, so I send my guy, if I send Kevin Durant and you're going to the all-star game and then you go to the all-star game and then East and West and you get all these other players from every other state that's coming in and they play. And then one person. Atlanta is wide open right now. And that's it. They said Atlanta has, you know, no restrictions. They haven't shut down. Lou Will's going to be throwing a party. You know that? Like, for the food, right? They got the best wings in Atlanta. (laughs) Atlanta is going to be a party. And that's That's the other thing. You know, okay, so sure, All Star weekend or All Stars going on in Atlanta. Are you actually going to stay in your room? No, you talked about it like 25 making millions. Am I staying in the room? You're running to everybody else because everyone around there is going to go to Atlanta for the parties. That's why it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you could yeah. talk, like, just think yeah. about LeBron having that exchange with that fan in Atlanta. That, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a risky thing to have happen. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, fans have the right to heckle, but I don't know what in the world that was going on. That was like oh, next man. level it heckling. Was, it was gold, is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard she got up and was like Instagramming or tweeting or whatever with LeBron yeah, right there. It was like amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she was talking. <laughs> she, yeah. Because he, he said something to LeBron, and LeBron told him that he looked like he called him old steroid ass. Because he looked, if he, <laughs> you've seen him, he didn't get those he muscles naturally. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so he said that. And then that girl got mad. She was like, You will not talk to my husband like that. And I was like, Man, if that was my house, I'd be like, Sit down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's LeBron James. <laughs> not even LeBron James, right? You talk about, listen, if, if, 
uh, and this has happened before in a previous life. My wife doesn't do this, but I had a girlfriend one time that would spout off. And I'm like, man, if a six foot nine, 270 pound grown athletic machine is arguing, just be quiet. Like, I, yep. you, I, don't get me beat up because of your opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not fighting. Yep. You're getting turned into a LeBron pretzel. Yeah, because he, he's because that's six not you know what I mean like height wise yes he's big but you know Sean you and I had this conversation but LeBron is built he's yes. built he is built he's two seventy yes man I don't think that's a real a number to be honest with man. you yeah two seventy is not a real number like there's there's like there's average two seventy and there's pro athlete two seventy yeah yes. I, Thank you. Yes. Yes. Like that, that man will hurt you. <laughs> oh. Yes. That's and why still, I laugh so his, hard. And then and you got guys like, like, uh, I don't know if it's Marcus or Markeith Morris is over there. He's the in four. That guy's coming in on the blind side. So like, even if you get a sneak shot off on LeBron, like you're going to get, nailed. <laughs> you're getting hurt. Like you're, you're not, it's not good for you. That's why I laugh so hard when Kyle Lowry, do you remember this back in the 2016 um, Eastern conference final there and Kyle Lowry just, Touched, touched LeBron James. LeBron's like, yeah, like the Matrix is going back. I'm like, come on, LeBron, come on, stop that, stop that. Yeah, yeah, you gotta embellish it a little bit. Well, that's why he was in that movie there, right? Uh, I can't even remember it with uh, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron was in that movie. He was uh, Buddy's best friend there. Was dating oh, that comedian that? Uh, oh, I, remember, I didn't even watch that train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Tra- that's exactly. what it was. Train wreck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, train wreck. <laughs> All that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that was LeBron's acting chops right there, and he just brought it out to the court a little bit more. Yeah. You know that space. Oh! Has- <laughs> space jam. Space Jam 2 has been making for like four years and they haven't released it yet. I think that movie has to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is ass. I love the original Space Jam is my movie. Right? I'll still watch it. The second one has to be gross because it's four years in the making. This is not terrible. Stop it. Terrible. All right, Corey. I did yeah. want to ask you this here because this is very it's very interesting to me because we've we've had discussions here offline. Yeah. You know, talking about it, NHL borrowing about a billion dollars. I know of teams borrowing money to keep afloat, but a whole league borrowing money to keep afloat. And you were saying yeah. this is like a normal. Yeah, I, I was reading that. Uh, you know that what they did was borrowing that money basically to allow if different franchises needed, basically, you know, money to to help offset costs and things like that that even this idea wasn't generated. It wasn't just an NHL like came forward and they said, Hey, look, we're desperate. We need, we need this money that this almost this model, this infrastructure has been done by other, other sports leagues and that it was a way to provide a buffer. And that's, you know, and we've talked NHL is not as successful as NH as uh, yeah. NFL baseball basketball you know what like, I mean? like if you were to go away in the states i don't think the states are going to be like Ooh, okay there might be a few northeastern states but they'll be well it's it's not and i mean like i think i don't know if i told you i mean there was a time when uh on the ship we were down in florida and we went to go see a san jose florida game and this was back 2010 and i mean like we went to a little hole in the wall hole in the wall bar 
and Danny Heatley was there with Ryan Clough and Nick Walleen. And, you know, we were telling those guys, yeah, we're Canadians, but they still didn't think we knew who they were. And here we are in Florida. And it's like, you guys are NHL players, you know, because Danny Heatley standing beside me. He's like, yeah, I'm Danny. I'm like, yeah, I know him from Canada. I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know who you are. Like, you know what's interesting, oh. though, is that uh, my, I've run into some guys, even in downtown Seattle, that play, like, for the Mariners. Yeah. There's The populations are so big in those areas that those guys can really move in and out. Because you think about even baseball players, like, the fans are, you know, it's a, it's a decent number of fans. Right. Yeah. But when you think about it in terms of population and who's really paying attention, yeah. like yeah. they can move in and out of big cities that way. Like you couldn't put them in a small town. Right. No. Yeah. Because everyone would automatically know. But like in the bigger cities where there's other stuff to do, like it's not surprising those guys can move around, especially like hockey players and football players that, you know, typically have helmets on and look a little yeah. bit yep. and pads and they just yeah. look a little bit. I remember the but I think they could, they could walk around, too, because there are people that will recognize them, but they just don't want to be that jerk face really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I had lots of friends, lots of friends in Toronto that said, you know, back when Vince Carter was playing there, like, you know, you'd see Vince around town and, you know, a lot of those guys used to frequent some of the clubs on Young Street, you know, some of the ones with, uh, you know, ladies of the pole and uh, red light, you know, the red light district. Is that what it is? Yeah. Other ones. Yeah. So, I mean, like I've had well, guys on the Yeah. We, 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 we well, end up running into Matt Sundin at uh, Club Meow. This is back in like what? 2000? Club oh, Meow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was downtown. yeah, 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 downtown Lakeshore. It better be for the name like yeah. that. That would be deceiving if it wasn't. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't exist anymore. Meow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was a nice nightclub. Yeah, yeah. That because uh, Vince Carter moved out of town, or what? Tracy McGrady left, or what happened? <laughs> well, I heard those guys used to go downtown. Uh, they would be downtown, and friends would run into them. And I heard, you know, a guy that I worked, a coworker that. I had that lived in Toronto and he said uh, there was one night he was at one of the bars downtown and it was after a Raptors and Spurs game and they were at the bar and they were, they were all doing a, can you top this? So they were, you know, who, who had the most expensive round of drinks. So if you were lucky enough to be in the bar, yeah. you were, you were drinking for free, yep. you know, because <laughs> some of the guys, Tim Duncan, well, David Robinson was still playing and these guys were, they were putting the finishing touches on, they were going last second last because they had the big contracts so you're right. talking about rounds of drinks that are four or $5,000 or like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just put it, you know, I got this one. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Raptors guys. Yeah, no, I got this one. No, no, no. Dave Robson got this one. Yeah. $10,000. <laughs> so. Guys that are making 17 to $27 million a year. Like what's yeah. the $5,000 tub, bear tub? Yeah. What is it to them? Yeah. Especially in your twenties. Yeah. 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 No. You agreed. Like popular <laughs> well i mean like geez, even when when i said that we were at danny heatley down at the elbow room in florida we sat with those guys for two maybe three hours mm-hmm. and danny heatley paid for all the drinks and then he was like yeah hey, hey, we got practice tomorrow morning we're gonna head out boys do you guys want another round before we before i take off i was like oh nobody complained which so team, did, which team was he playing for at that time he was playing for san jose Oh, this is near the end of his career then, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, towards the end. But you know yeah. what? The year that he was still playing for San Jose, he was still putting up over 30 goals. Yeah. So, like, when we when we ran into those guys there, you know, him and Ryan Clough were uh, hanging out. And, uh, you know, Danny Heatley was still putting up numbers. It was pretty recent when he'd gone from Ottawa to San Jose. But oh, that was the, okay. you know, he was okay. it was before he was in the real twilight of his career. Right. 
Right. I wonder yeah. if those guys do that, uh, you know, the buying the drinks in the bar and that kind of stuff, just because it keeps people off them. I don't know. I think I think at the time it might have been the fact that we were Canadian military. Hey, look, and I think there was a bit of appreciation from Danny and Ryan and, you know, Ryan Close from Newfoundland. We had a few guys that were from Newfoundland. You know, we had associate stories. I mean, you know, there was a guy that, uh, Sean, we've already mentioned before, Jody Shelley, he was playing for the, had played for the Moosehead. So I knew him from here. So what I mentioned to Ryan, because Jody had played for San Jose at the time. I was like, yeah, actually, I know Jody from Halifax. So that was another like, oh, hey, that's cool. You know, we had collaborative stories and things like that. So I think they were genuinely, oh my gosh, you know, good guys. All right. I think there's other situations where they're kind of like, maybe leave me alone. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm going to walk away. 100%. Corey, you got to yeah. tell Brad about the Brad Marchand story in Halifax on your oh. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you told it, and I just I I cracked up when I heard it. Yeah, it like that's the most Brad Marchand thing I've ever it heard. It was it was a pretty Brad Marchand thing at the <laughs> early part of his career. So, yeah, we had it was the uh, the year that the Bruins had won the cup, and Brad Marchand being basically a Halifax guy, uh, me and uh, some friends we were on our way downtown. <clears throat> now people that aren't from Halifax won't necessarily know where the area is, but either way I was driving my car. We pulled up to a <clears throat> intersection, hit the red light, was waiting to turn right to park in the area where the bars are. And then I uh, saw a group of people coming up the street, walking by us at the crosswalk and then see this guy. He's kind of like, they're woo, you know, partying and laughing. And then he comes over to the hood of my car and he's like banging on the hood of my car. Woo! And then I look up and I'm like, that's Brad Marchand. <laughs> my brother-in-law is a big Bruins fan and he's in the parade the next day with the Stanley Cup for the Natal Day Parade. And I rolled out a window, get the F off my car, Marshall. I don't even like you. <laughs> yeah, so here he was out on the town, you know, celebrating his Stanley Cup win with, uh, you know, friends and family. And here he was banging on the hood of my car. I like how it wasn't yeah, some like, random dude that you just called him by name. Like, I know you are going to have my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's surprising. You never know who you're going to run into in downtown Halifax because yeah. it was, uh, you know, yeah. the bars there. And I think it was only, well, the year that Dallas won the Stanley Cup and, uh, you know, the questionable is the is the foot, the skate in the crease. In the crease or not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that year, that year they won, like, Within a week, I was downtown, and uh, we were at the my apartment. Cheers, the whole liquor dome thing. Yeah, and uh, they were in town for a golf tournament. So Gretzky was walking around, handing out flowers. Brett Hall was standing there with Ty Domi. So I mean, hmm. you know, here they were, just in the bar. It was. It's kind of surprising how tall they're not. You know, when yeah. you're, you know, I'm six two. So skates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brett Hall and Ty Domi are not the tallest like, guys, but wild. Uh, you know. Now that was the situation, Brad. I'll tell you that those guys were a little less on the side of. I'm not buying you a drink. Yeah, well, I think there's tears, right? It's the guy. If 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 they're a potential Hall of Famer, I don't know that they're as great. But the the, you know, they're yeah. Brett Brett Hall wasn't as social. Ty Ty was a little more. Their pressure and like their social uh, give is a lot yeah. higher than your average player. Agreed. Yeah, right? I think that's the thing for me. I've had a bunch of experiences with uh, just normal dudes that play. 
right? It's your regular starters or bench players. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're usually pretty cool. But like yeah. the elite dudes, the all stars, those guys, like they're a little more standoffish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because they're so, probably used to being hounded. They probably the get time. hounded all the time, and dudes yeah. want to you know spit in their mouth while they're like <laughs> telling stories. And, like, just think about like. If you're in a bar, you ever been in a bar talking to someone and they're really excited to talk to you like the spits in your eye and like, like you don't want none of that. And if you're, if you're I'm the news, yeah. not the weather. Yeah, yeah if you're famous yeah. like that, you probably get Dance the showers. Yeah. No, 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, Wayne Gretzky though, I I can really imagine because I would I would imagine that's a recognizable face all over. Oh yeah. Europe, North America, World World you know. He's yeah, a worldwide yeah. superstar, right? It's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, you know, like Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, although I like to think that Jordan's cooler than Gretzky and would buy you a drink, but I would, I would hope so. Yeah, you know, Michael would hurt for any money. Hey, Mike, I bet you I could race his beer down. He'd be like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, yeah. Yeah, the but I think it's a good game. Yep. Yeah, well, <laughs> you got some good competition going. Mike's in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. Can you yeah, imagine being trash talked by Jordan? Yeah. Just trash talking oh. you, man. Oh. Yeah. I'd love that. Well, <laughs> actually, now, having said that, now, Sean, I mentioned to you that a uh, girl that I went to school with, a friend of mine, her son uh, was drafted and plays for Charlotte. So, right. Nate Darling. Hmm. So, he's there, and uh, they had to go down to uh, his mom and his stepfather. They went down to we visit talked him. talked about this story. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, they went, yes. They went down because he made the team, you know, from the taxes club, made the team. So she was, he was getting set up because he's living in the condos that are provided by the Hornets, yeah. not by, you know, he didn't, he's not buying his own place down there because he's new. So they went, you know, he showed him around. He's like, hey, look, here's the place, you know, open up the closet, already fully furnished. So, I mean, like, they're looking after their players. Like, oh, yeah. here's all these clothes, sneakers, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, yeah, so, Mom, from here we're going to, uh, you know, we've got to go have dinner with the, the team and uh, the owner. Stuff all this a little bit like, the owner? Well, because everybody knows. Yep, everyone knows Michael, you're getting to meet Michael. So not only it's double bubble, you're getting, you know, the boys in the NBA, but also he's played on a team that's owned yeah. by a majority owner, Michael Jordan. I don't I don't want to say majority owner, but I know he's he's an he's, owner. He's an owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. but uh yeah, so I mean the icing on the cake doesn't get much better than that. He said it was said it was good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I still think that Michael goes to practice and busts those guys' ass, though. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, because you know we can still play, probably. Jeez, that's it. Come down to practice. No. Oh, one on one. He can play one on one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Now I I'd love I'd love to be a fly on the wall at that practice <laughs> with the uh, young Mister Ball. Looks like he could be on his way to uh, a rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good, man. Like does he? I'm just glad his dad stayed out of that one. Jeez, yeah. what a fiasco well, he is. Dude. After what happened with the first one, he's, he's probably. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if Michael's probably telling him, don't bother bringing that big baller brand down here or you can beat it. <laughs> I'm sure that he did. They already had that question about who could win whatever, and Michael was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Yeah. I'll trade you know, it so fast and make your head spin. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what is going on with Ottawa? And Vancouver right now, like the Canadian division. I mean, I'm sure there's problems in every single division in the NHL right now. Yeah. The fact that you're playing 10 games, right? 
But I'm sick and tired of hearing Montreal fans like, oh, we're so good. We're so good. We beat Vancouver four times. Is it? Yeah, well, I think you beat Vancouver. Well, yeah, well, Tyler Toffoli knows exactly whatever Vancouver's bringing up. But then they get spanked up. They get spanked up, the dirty Habs. They get spanked up by the Senators, who only has two victories this season. Thank you. I know one of them is against the Leafs. I know it is. I know it is. I'm not even even bragging that we went and we beat Vancouver last night. I'm not even bragging about it. Yeah, we beat them 7-3. Well, Montreal beat them four times. We should beat them. Well, I mean, a a lot of the question right away for both of those teams comes down to a lot of the talk is management. Because for one, you look at the coach, the coach, you, you get what you, you get, what you get, make the best of it. So when you look at Vancouver, Travis Green, great coach. Is he a great coach? He's a, he is a good coach. He's a player's coach. He's been there. And you know what? He did good things with Vancouver at a time when they weren't expected to be doing good. That was last season. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If you look at Vancouver and what, the, the deal they've been handed now, I think if you looked at it on paper, you might indicate that some of their issues have more to do with how the team was managed by letting Markstrom go. Okay, you lose Markstrom, yeah, but, but you then gain you gain Holpe. Holpe. But they're two different players, and Holpe, Markstrom's on the rise. Holpe might be in the decline. And unfortunately, but Thatcher Demko, I think, is better than Markstrom. I do yes, think that that's the future of the Canucks. Which but is why you, the question is, why did you need to bring in Holpe this year if you could have gone with Thatcher Demko as your number one? And then there's a in- lot of uh, chemistry issues in Vancouver. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that in the state of the world, in all sports leagues, the the people that have the most roster turnovers are having the most problems. Well, yeah, and Vancouver, Vancouver, they they you know like the question was because Toffoli wanted to stay. Toffoli wanted to stay in Vancouver. But, but they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay him. Well, they didn't want to pay him. And then so even with Tanev, they didn't want to pay him. So, Which is stupid. Oh, no, no. Well, but they lose Tanev and then they sign Schmidt. So it's like the money's comparable. Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah, you yeah, lose yeah. Toffoli, you keep Vertanen, you're signing some other guys because they lost Stetcher. Stetcher signed for less money than he was making in Vancouver to sign in Detroit just because of the way things were handled. And – you bring in Holpe where you could have got a cheaper goalie yeah, he's and had that money to sign to Foley. So yeah. you, I guess, you know, there's always more internal stuff, but when, you know, the GM, he's like, well, if we had more time, we had more time. I'm sure if you or I, if we were a professional athlete, you want to make sure you get a contract to play, especially in a, your career is short. You're, you're, you're not getting the money right. you would have got normally. Yeah. You know, your career is short. Wait. You, yeah, you don't want to be taking pay cuts, right? You want to be trying to maximize well, your if you're playing days. Too, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. If Toffoli's getting an offer to go to Montreal, he's like, "Well, I would have really liked to go to Vancouver." If that's the case, but Vancouver's like, "Well, we're not there yet. We still got to go figure out the other Listen, stuff." Montreal, like I, I will never slag Montreal as far as how well they look this season because they did get bigger. They got a little bit better. Um, but Isn't that your rival, yes. It is my rival. Absolutely. They yep. did get bigger. They got a little bit better. Are they better than the Leafs? No. Sounds I'm, like they're not going to give me slag, whatever that means. Whatever yeah. slag means. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Slag them. 
You, mm-hmm. Do you see how Brad? Do you see how Brad starts looking at the phone when we start talking to NHL? All of a sudden, it's like you know, oh god, that's okay. Talking their, they're looking talking about their the, hockey. Uh, shopping for Kraken gear, as a matter yeah. of fact. Oh, <laughs> oh, is that it? Okay, all right. That's 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 acceptable. That's acceptable. Listen, the, the Seattle's gonna. I'd be excited for what could what's going to happen for Seattle because I think a lot of the I think a lot of the teams that have been trading and and bringing people in are doing it in. In plans of the expansion draft, knowing that you're only going to be able to protect so many players. The way the NHL so, yeah. has the expansion set up is a beautiful thing for, like, especially it, now. So frustrating for you for hockey is that they have that set up to get a, a winning team in early to build a fan base, but they can't market or get TV deals to save their ass, and that's why right. they have to borrow this money. And I understand that that's a practice. I know everyone has done that to some degree, right? Yeah. That's business practice. Yeah. The fact that the NHL was vocal about it just makes me nervous. I think their leadership group, when it comes to like getting the, because you could get a TV contract in local markets, they refuse to do so because their yeah. price is so high. They're overvalued. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gary yeah. Bettman needs That's to go. To Gary league. Bettman needs to go. Yeah. Listen, I'm a, I'm you know, how far am I from Vancouver? Sixty miles, maybe. Yeah. Right. So I, I can close. watch hockey because I get CBC because it's yeah. across yeah. the order right but otherwise i don't i can't watch hockey yeah i'm just glad we have sports this point to be honest i just like to uh, i 100 agree 100 life was pretty boring when uh there was no actual sports on at the time and i mentioned to you sean you know like the nhl network was free you could watch all the the replay yeah. games you wanted they were on tv i took advantage you know, I watched a lot of uh, hockey. The NFL had the same thing, and I picked yeah. it up on my iPad. I watched two full seasons of Seahawks football. Oh, nice! So yeah. You can watch any season you wanted, games in full. And I, so then, like, so when that ran out, I googled the best games of 2019. I watched all those games. Nice, man. Yeah, it just yeah. felt a little bit gross because there were some games I hadn't seen because they had been on the same time as like the Seahawks yeah. game was. I was able to catch up on some of that. Um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the second most valuable NHL franchise. There you go. Yeah. We'll stick with that one, Sean. I like Who's it. Who's the number one? Montreal? No, Montreal is number three. Wow. Boston? Uh, New York Rangers. Rangers. See New York and New York yeah. Boston to find a way. Find a way, find a way in, in there, there eh? Right? Yeah. yeah. I was uh, just looking at that. The Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins wrap up the top five. Oh, yeah. Your original six teams. Yeah. Darn you, bro. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, dead <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. that does dead not last. That doesn't me. surprise me at all. Not that one does bit. not surprise me. Yeah. Now, now, could the Leafs and the Arizona Coyotes years down the road end up finding themselves in a predicament where Austin Matthews decides to make his way home? Wants to go to home. save the exactly. franchise. Maybe. Always a possibility. Oh, Always man. a possibility. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, they said that they said Toronto was fearful that. Uh, you know, that they wanted to sign Matthews to his contract because they knew that Arizona was basically ready to give him an offer sheet, which would have oh, been yeah. the largest that they, I think anyone would have seen because they were like, listen, if we have an opportunity to get this guy to come home, to yeah. play in Arizona, to, you know, reinvigorate our franchise, mm-hmm. we're going to do it. So I think that's why Austin Matthews has a very nice contract that he does. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Edmonton, is Edmonton a dumpster fire? Uh it's hard to say, man. They've got the highest paid player and they they got the best player in the world. They got so, the best player. I don't care what Reed says. Reed is wrong. They Conor got the best, player, the best player in the world. Right in now? the world. By right now, 
Heads and shoulders, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Connor, Connor McDavid is, you know, it, it, of course, it's all subjective opinion. I would, I would agree that Connor McDavid right now is the best player in the world, and what he's doing, what he can do. When you watch him, this guy, this guy, is unreal, and he is changing. You know, he's he's amazing for what he can do out there, and. You know, they still talk Sidney Crosby. He's the ambassador. He is the guy. And if you ask Connor, he's going to still say Sidney Crosby's the best player in the league. But he he's is a smart he's man. The, How long has McDavid been in the league? I think this six is years? six years. Yes. Maybe, yeah, this will be going on his sixth year. So if not his seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Edmonton's issue is a, a, their problems always tend to be mismanagement. So yeah. mismanaged money, guys getting contracts that they shouldn't and then it handcuffs the team like any other sport but much or uh edmonton right now they're victims of that they're handcuffed by bad contracts which was the lucic contract that then they traded with calgary to get james neal they're handcuffed by that yeah they're handcuffed they're paying some guys you know they brought in they're just even ken ken holland the new gm came from detroit he's made some questionable moves like at the end of the season last year he brought in andreas happened to see you from detroit for two second round picks rough. especially when he, he comes from there right like that happened to see you played didn't play in the bubble i think he played maybe a total of nine games and then this season they didn't re-sign him so Edmonton so it's a waste of two, two picks right away for nothing two second round picks for nothing they got nothing and that's another thing, too, is that they had five years in a row. They had the first-round draft pick five years in a row. And they kept on drafting these 180-pound guys to be, oh, you're going to be the next star. No, no, you're not. No. Ryan Nuge well, Hopkins, come on. The Nuge. Yeah, but Nuge is a, a really good player. He is a good player. With, but when he was coming out, he was, like, if you watch pre-scouting stuff about Nugent Hopkins, when he was coming out, he was the McDavid of his time. He was the Crosby man, of his time. Because he was Nugent coming out of Hopkins. Red Deer. Yeah, he was coming out of Red Deer. But he was 180 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, is that if you look at Connor McDavid, when he was playing for Erie, when he was in the OHL, a small, skinny kid who was highly touted as the next one. So mm-hmm. it's tough to Crosby say because... Crosby's stocky, so yeah. he's 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 wider. Like he's known for having probably the biggest, most built quads in the league because yeah. uh, his he's low center of gravity, he can't get him off the puck. So, yeah. and he's a workout fanatic too. So he's a uh, you know he's he's kind of got that Jordan esque kind of competitiveness that drives him to to work harder. So you know because Crosby's a guy that's from here where. Sean and I lived. Uh, I always thought uh, that Crosby was uh, a Kobe Bryant comparison. Yeah, that he took he took some of Wayne Gretzky's uh, leadership from his career and used that to guide him early in his career. For sure, I would yeah. say that. I mean, Crosby yeah. definitely hits the mold of ambassador because if you think since day one he's come in, he's you know he's been the guy. The torch has been passed. Well, when he's Gretzky shows up. When yeah. Gretzky shows up when you're a Timbit, right? Like when you're a little Timbit. Oh, and Gretzky's geez, like, was... yeah. I mean, like, well, Sean, you're not from here like I'm from here. And I mean, the talk of Crosby growing up, the talk of Nathan McKinnon growing up, like these guys, these guys were, these guys were folk. Touted. Or, you know what I mean? They've been like, looked at, they've been looked at since they were like eight. 
Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, when they've been was, looked at. When there was local games here yeah. and these guys were kids, you're yeah. talking about like almost selling out arenas that they were like airing their games because these guys, it was like, you got to see this kid play. Yeah. Well, who was I remember hearing about like Sidney Crosby. Was, was Sidney more like yeah, LeBron? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It was like that kind of hype, you know, here yeah. in Canada. And LeBron was on ESPN. Yeah, yes. I remember watching yes. this high school. Yes. Yes. Everybody watched the game. It's Carmelo versus LeBron, right? Yeah. That's I right. remember in high school. And that's the thing is those guys, well, because they've got the Quebec Major Junior League yeah. here in Canada. So these guys are playing at 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And, and some of the names. Really 16. Yeah. And so some like of the names that have are, come out of the queue, right? Like, think about yeah. it. Like, even just recently, I mean, Nate McKinnon, Sidney Crosby. But then you think about the old time guys that came out of there, like Fleury, like. Jay well, Ajagar, like Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, like how is how is the fifth on that team. list of coming out there? What are you doing? Why how are you? Well, Lemieux would be number one now. Come on now. No, he wasn't. He was number five on your list. Well, that's because we're just we're just naming no. people. I didn't have a numerical value of yeah. naming people. You should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even Lafreniere <laughs> year this year, you know, yeah. going number one overall, coming yeah. from coming from the queue, you know, another team that uh you know, Crosby played for, you know, out of Ramuski. Ramuski's been pumping out pretty good. Yeah. You know, because that's that's Le Cavalier, Brad Richards, that's their old stomping ground too. Yeah. So Ramuski, you know. huh? Uh, I want to ask <laughs> you guys something as, as Maple Leaf fans, I need to ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you guys are familiar with the Amazon Prime series All or Nothing? It's a bit of a hard yeah. knocks ish. Yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys know that your Maple Leafs are moving in that direction for this year. They're going to be on the all or nothing. They're they're gearing up. No, this is going to be good. Oh, really? I'm going to be watching that. I know we were on the HBO 24 seven. Um, this is a few yeah. years back when we were getting ready yeah. to play Detroit and that thing ice. about that. Yeah. I would want to know is like with all the pressure already going on. Do you want cameras having access to everybody? Absolutely. They, Absolutely. They, to be honest, Brad, a lot of these Canadian teams and. Toronto is the Canada Mecca of hockey. So if you're there, these guys expect that, you know, like the notoriety for hockey is 24 Let me tell you, the, the, the hardest places to play hockey in, okay, it will be Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. That's above every other team with the 32nd team being Seattle, Montreal and Toronto. Because well, the media, the media outlets, on. yeah, and the media outlets are just vicious, vicious on yeah. them. Yeah, and that's and and Sean, you'd agree is that they live and breathe hockey in Montreal and Toronto. It is by far the it is it's it's the number one thing. Like you know, I don't know if people are going to talk about religion. They're going to talk about hockey. You know, that's, that's it. it's that's it. So yeah. if you've got, and I think these teams anyway. Because Montreal and uh, a lot of these teams, they have their own uh, shows that they air that they might not follow the teams 24-7. That would be interesting to see, but they do tend to follow yeah, the all, these guys. The all or nothing series are, are uh, compelling because of yeah. the access they have. I can't wait Perfect. to see that. The access yeah. no one else has, right? It's, I can't yeah. wait to see that. Which is great. Um, I, you know what to, to attest to this, too, is like, People that come over from other countries when they come into Canada and they end up watching hockey, they end up getting involved into it because it's so much. And especially the, the, the coverage that we have here in Canada on hockey. Um, I will never forget, though, when I was visiting my family and they were pretty like, you know, I think 15 years living in Canada. 
And a lot of them just didn't lose their accents or anything, right? So they had the really thick, thick, thick East Indian accent. And I'm there. We're talking. And all of a sudden, I'm like, can you believe Roberto Long- Luongo in game seven there? And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Roberto Luongo stinks. <laughs> He stinks. <laughs> I'm like, dang. Bobby Lou. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe the way that he could play under the pressure. We couldn't play under the pressure. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But all you're doing is making the argument that the NHL has to be better about getting games on TV. Yeah. Outside, outside of Canada, for outside sure. Outside of Canada, yes. for yes, sure. I agree. In Canada, yeah. you can outside watch. Outside of Canada, TV. for sure. I mean, that's the thing. But if you. In, I think we can all agree that the money that's going to sustain that league lives in America. It, For sure. It does. And I mean, Absolutely. You, you see it with NHL or sorry, NFL, NBA, yeah. MLB, like, well, even you know, look, even look smaller at uh, major league soccer and how successful that league is right now. Uh, and it's absolutely. Of contracts. Like it, but, it has to, you have to give access to the sport. You can't be. Batman's got to go. Batman's Batman's been in way too long. And there's already been like, how many, how many shutdowns has happened since he's taken like the reins? Like I think two. And then there was one where it was just like, we're not coming back at all. <laughs> it's like you can't have it that be, happening. It would be nice to see a changing of the guard because I would say, it's, you yeah. know, if we're all ballpark around the same age, most of our adult life or most of our lives, Batman has been at the helm of the NHL. Yes. You know, he was, it, I think, you know, my adult life, he's been at the helm of it. Yeah. Like, adult he, life. He, he said that he kind of took his, his uh, step from David Stern because I think he was the Stern was his guru and that's how he kind of learned in that. You know, commissioner role. Well, he came out of the Stern, NBA, right? You know, I've Stern never been did so a, upset like, to hear David Stern's name. It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he flipped, just you know. for men's segment coming up here, dude. I am, I am stoked. This is a great card, though. From but it looks like a card from 2012. Let's face it, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov, <laughs> like Overeem, we've heard <laughs> forever. He had a great last fight there. Yeah. And Volkov is a great fighter. I mean, let's face it, the Black Beast, uh, Derek Lewis, when he knocked him out, it was in the fifth round, and he was gassed, and he just got that one and just touched his chin, put him right out, right? Well, that's uh, why the heavyweight division is so fun. Well, that's it. It only takes one. It no only takes never, no one. One's, no one's really ever out in a heavyweight fight until no. they're out. And the thing is, is that here's the thing. Back in the day, Overeem used to be like, you know, like such a stud, right? Like, there's well, not too many people bigger than Ovi. Yeah, he had those Mexican supplements that were helping him be a <laughs> probably, probably. But probably I mean, him, <laughs> him and Lesnar were like the same size, right? Even like, Barry Bonds yeah. got the same head size, man. That's, <laughs> they, 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 they ended up the same. You can't. But this is no the difference. first time. This is the first time where I think he's actually doesn't have the size advantage against Volkov because Volkov is a big, big man. Tell me, I'm wrong, Brad. Tell me I'm wrong, Corey. You know, <laughs> Brad's, Brad's. I agree. Got a, yeah, yeah. Like he's a big man. I don't know if you ever seen Volkov. Volkov is. I had to help with some breakfast uh, deal. Sorry. Sorry. No, absolutely <laughs> not a problem. So the reach is a, identical, but if you look at the height, yeah, he's taller. He is yep. taller, Volkov. Yeah, it might not be the size advantage or not. We'll have to see how it goes. I, it's, you know. I, I guarantee you, they're both coming. The most at the top frustrating fighter for me because you never know which overhand you're going to get. You're absolutely correct, but I think he is. I mean, he's 40, so he knows his his shelf life to go for that title right now is very limited. As soon as he turned 40 in the fight game, 
it's not the same. You know what I mean? Like things change. The very fact that the very fact that they let uh, uh, the spider fight uh, Anderson Silva. You know how much money Anderson Silva made Dana White? Oh, I believe you, but he's 44. It's like. No matter. Someone makes you that much money. They want something on the way out. Like you give it to him. That was his gold watch, right? That's all. I guess so. Played paid Peyton Crimson. That's exactly what it was. It was <laughs> Peyton Crimson, man. It's like, geez, unbelievable. Anyways, though, I'm looking forward to this fight. That's that's a great main event. Yeah. I, I'm 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 happy that in two weeks it's Curtis Blades against Derek Lewis, though. That's gonna be that's the best heavyweight. That's a that's free for for free. (laughs) (laughs) Donating all that money to the Leafs (laughs) for free. (laughs) Corey, oh my god, I'm just thinking about that conversation we were talking about there about Pascal Siakam getting all that money. He's like, you're gonna give me (laughs) me. Yep. Yep. Well, you're the only one left. Yeah. Well, Ka- someone. Kawhi's gone. You need it. Yep. You want to be the guy. Yep. All right. Corey Sanhagen. You got the default contract. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, you yeah, yeah. You're going to give yeah. me all this? We got money? a salary cap floor, Pascal. <laughs> you got to give somebody the money. Yeah, me? I'll be your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sturge is gone. Do I get the cooking show? Sturge <laughs> 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 left. He left all his scarves in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. yeah, Pascal's the ambassador at the, in the six, buddy. He's the guy. That's he's the guy. That's it. Yeah. Spicy Drake sidekick now. Yeah. Is it Drake sidekick? I don't who knows. Who knows? It's a possibility, man. <laughs> hey, who knows? Spicy P. Spicy P. Spicy P. Spicy P. Well, I would love for Toronto to do something and figure it out what they're going to do. You know, like maybe make me a make me a happy person and bring in something like Bradley Beal or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. Like, it was something. a possibility until this week. Bradley Beal don't want to go nowhere. He's no, drinking the West Juice. He's happy to stay. Maybe He's maybe at the end stay, of the yeah. season. He's gonna be upset. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's drank that Westbrook juice and no one's got the benefit from it. Yep. So, yeah. You're right. Bradley Bill should go somewhere like Toronto. It would be Well, they lost out on the Greek. You know, I yeah. would love to see them because that's the thing. They're missing someone. They're hey, they need the price. Someone. The price though for that, it's gonna be Kyle Lowry. Yeah. You know, you Kyle do... Lowry and some picks. You I don't know do, though. Uh, no, I think they'd no. want youth. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if they would want to take back Kyle Lowry, you know, and I don't know if Toronto would want to give him up because, you know, I think you'd want. Would you want him there with Kyle? Yeah, Washington, absolutely. Washington doesn't want Kyle Lowry. No, but why did you a- sign Fred Van Vliet? Why did you sign Fred Fred Van Vliet to all that money? You have a salary cap floor. Where else are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> well, and that's like, hey, look, the the boys are good. They brought the championship uh, to Toronto, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, it still looks a little bit like Fred. You're getting paid, possibly you're getting paid because, well, who else are we giving the money to? That's it. That's it. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. I'm not dogging the the Raptors because I no 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 love the Raps. It's just me. 
who else are you giving the money to? Because yes, unfortunately, you know, this season we lost a bunch of people and you haven't replaced them. And the people that they're really hey, replacing Chris them with. Boucher, Chris Boucher has been playing lights out basketball. He looked like he was on the verge last year at the end, for sure. Right. Yeah. He feels like he's the next. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. You can move Fred on. Yeah. Maybe get back Bradley Beal, Fred in a pick, and maybe a young player. It's like Chris in that spot. Yeah. You need some, you want a marquee player that you can really, you know, you gotta have a super bowl off of. Well, especially yeah. when it's the only Canadian team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like well, you're repping for the only point. Canadian that was, team. I think they wanted Kawhi to be that, and Kawhi's never going to be that. No. No. No, no I agree. He's never, he doesn't want to, he, that's not him. He doesn't no. want to be that person. No. No. He'd rather work with others doing that, though. Well, he's, I think he's, I think personality wise, he's happy to not be the face of a franchise. No. The very fact he's driving the same car. He can't be the face of a franchise. No. I don't think the personality, I don't think the personality he has allows him to be that way. No. 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 Like, think about why he went to San Diego State. Yeah. Like, he was talented enough to not go to San Diego State. Yeah. Went there so he could be close to home and not have anxiety. Yeah, yep. yeah. Not going to be the face of your franchise. No, no, not no. at all. And he was, and he was successful in San Antonio because he didn't have to be the face of the franchise. Yep. No, exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely correct because Tim Duncan's have, still there. Well, yeah, you have pop, yeah. Right, and that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Take away from uh, your head coach there, but yeah. he's not pop either. Yeah. Nope. You know what I mean? He's a great coach. Like again, not taking anything away from him because he's not. He's a fantastic coach. All right. Even, what do you yeah. think of? Michael Johnson fighting Clay Guida. Like, I haven't seen Clay Guida in forever. I think that they have uh, the, they're tying for the most uh, fight histories together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have the most fights combined going into the round tonight, which. Yeah, they've both been, they're, yeah, they're, but, but Clay Guida, I remember back in like 2010, man, the carpenter. Oh, it was yeah. the carpenter, you know? <laughs> the carpenter. Uh, that's I it. Well, like earlier than that, yeah. Maybe he's like building houses on his, you know. Dude, he was a number one contender. Do you remember he was a number one contender? Him and TJ Grant were like number one contenders for that back title. In the day. Back in the day. And then dropped off. And now TJ is teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu out here in uh Dartmouth area. And Clay Guida is still fighting, you know. But it's expensive. It's an expensive thing. So whatever Clay is doing in order to keep going. It's impressive. Same thing with Frankie Edgar. I mean, Frankie Edgar held held the title, but here he is still going. What do you think about that, Brad? I think, I mean, I think those guys are talented. I think, you know, it's even less about the money it takes to get there. I think that uh, Guida and Edgar both got into good gyms, right? That help facilitate and fund that role. That's the thing. That's what keeps some of these guys going is how they've offset their, you know, their fandom or whatever you want to call it, right? It's, yeah, they're not just yeah. teaching. They're teaching at high-level gyms that can put them out and put them in camps. Let me tell you something, That's though. TJ Grant, if I were to go anywhere here in Halifax to learn BJJ, it's going to be with TJ Grant. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but it's not yeah. New Mexico or, you know. No, no. Those other places, they're at they're at yeah. elite, world-class facilities. And, you know, but that's, that's going to help. Think about, you think about a guy like that back then in Halifax, Nova Scotia, okay, um, working door. Like, because he worked door. You remember that when he worked at Bubbles Mansion there, Corey? Worked at door at Bubbles Mansion. Bubbles Mansion. What is that? Trailer remember Park the Trailer boys? Park Boys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bubbles so, with the Bubbles. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in America, when you say something's named Bubbles, it usually has a different connotation. That's why I was like, <laughs> Yeah. It sounded yeah. like a surfer. Yeah, yeah. Bubbles Mansion. Bubbles. <laughs> so he worked at Bubbles Mansion and he was yeah. training as well. And and the thing is that you think about it, he never left Halifax to train. He trained here. He was still teaching people here. Training became a number one contender and he gets that injury. And it throws everything off. But I remember hearing stories about this guy, about the people he had to fly in. Because you're in Nova Scotia. You have to fly people in in order to teach you things. You need to fly in a boxing coach. You need to fly in a wrestling coach. You need to fly in a kickboxing coach. It, it adds up, right? It does. And those, the, it, I mean, that's just the nature of the game, right? That's the, that's the challenge everybody takes. I mean, how many guys you see that they instead of flying people in, they go fly somewhere else and spend a camp somewhere, right? That's no, absolutely. But I mean, when all, you look those at are Canadians, all personal convictions that each fighter yeah. takes on, and that's because GSP GSP was really one of the pioneers when it comes to that, as far as just flying people in, and then ended up starting TriStar, right? Think about that, Brad. He was a pioneer for that. What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you, what are you laughing about? Matt Hughes got something. beat up after the fact. Come on now. Come yeah, when on he started now. flying people in, George, was George like, man, I got to do something. I got to fly some people in. Got to fly some people in. My anxiety is too high for me to travel. They won't let me travel. <laughs> Listen, it's it's. I can only go to the bathroom, my own toilet, in my house. I can't fly. I can't fly. <laughs> Why you always okay. want to have fights in Toronto because you didn't want to travel. You were scared to be no, it was Quebec. Toronto. It was Quebec because Toronto was Whatever. illegal for a little while. Yeah. But right. my favorite though, my favorite though, okay. Which I'll never George forget. George St. Pierre story? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh. So <laughs> we were watching well, UFC go. UFC back in the day. This is like 2007 when they were, you know, still on spike and everything, right? And they'd have, you know, the UFC story and uh they're talking to George because they gave George a uh, Harley Davidson, right? It's like, you know, you were fight of the year. And then he was talking about how much he loved going to the keg. It's like, you know, that's my number one, that's my number one restaurant. I love the keg. I love it. And I'm like, oh, George is so young. He's he's talking about the Craig, the keg, and he's never been to a Ruth Chris steakhouse. He's never been to Smith and Walensky's. You know, he's talking about the keg, like it's all this. It's like that's the keg is just like issues. Huh? Why you had all them stomach issues? Well, him and Brock Lesnar now. Come on now. Oh, Brock got it. Brock had a different. He got it. a different one. Yeah. How to get it is a little bit of a little bit of Mexican supplements there too. <laughs> wow, maybe. Man. Uh hey, it is Black History Month. That is awesome that we're into this there. I still don't understand why they don't do it in January, though, when you have MLK Day in January. It's like you know, like Stevie Wonder should have pushed a little harder for that, maybe to push it that way. I don't know. But, well, you know, Stevie Wonder was like one of the biggest reasons why we have MLK Day, right? In the, in the States. Stevie Wonder pushed for that. It was a uh, smart man, smart man. Very. I feel terrible. Like right now, Christopher Plummer died. And uh, that's very sad. I'll, I'll be talking about him later. And uh, Hank Aaron just passed away just a week and a half ago. And we didn't even talk about that there due to COVID complications. Um. And then Charlie Pride, due to COVID complications, died two months ago. I totally forgot about that. We were talking about Charlie Pride, and I remember um, uh, all of a sudden he passed away, and then you get busy, and you're thinking about other things. And then, man, 
what a legendary man when I think about this guy. Can you imagine you're in the country music entertainment area there where it's dominated, dominated by like Hank Williams Jr., George Jones, all these guys. And here you are and you win the country music. You're the first black man to win the country music award for your songs. And your songs are stellar. I don't know if you guys know any Charlie Pride songs. Do you guys know any Charlie Pride songs at all? Not overly familiar. Yeah, not my genre, is. but, you know, yes, very familiar with the artist and uh, his era and things like that. Man, I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to see if I can get this up here. He's going to get his band. Get his band? <laughs> Charlie Pride. <laughs> I love I can't play music we don't own. It's gonna get us killed off. Oh, that's true. Well, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Look at don't you. Play it. Listen, Charlie we Pride, like kiss an angel good bo- good good morning. To me, that is like the most gangster song I've ever heard, man. <laughs> Coming out there. Going for, Dude, it's like yo, you got to kiss an angel good morning. And love her like the devil when you get back home. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Like, dude, I'm almost upset that I'm not going to be in the field during the field phase, Sean, <laughs> to hear you sing that to me every morning. <laughs> you know, Serenade, Serenade. Yeah, it's our FaceTime, Corey. Make sure he sings to you. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. love, I loved the fact, and, and 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 you know, when you think about it in a in an industry like country music at that time, that's so avant-garde when you think about that, just coming out there and, and you know what, I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, if, if he, you think back then when he was around, those were times when if you were putting out albums, they weren't putting your face on the, on the cover yeah. because the thought was, you know, they're not going to buy yeah. an album with a black person on there. So, you know, Charlie pride album with a picture of, something else or some other people on it. So. There's been a lot of conversation that, uh, you know, that was a smart move on his part, given the times. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just so forward thinking. And yep. it's sad. It's sad that he's gone. It's, not, it's sad that Hank Aaron's gone, who was a yeah, huge Cleveland sad. Browns I don't fan. Know how old Charlie Pride was, but Hank Aaron was 86. I feel yeah, like that's true. <laughs> lived a good, lived a pretty full, pretty good life. Yeah, Christopher Plummer, ninety one. Yeah, you're right. You know, well, Christopher yeah. Plummer's a white guy from you know he was. Uh, as which, soon as you get north of like seventy five, I think we all just talk it up. Like it's sad, but like <laughs> yeah. that's a good life. Don't forget <laughs> Christopher Plummer. He's attached. You know, that's the sound of music. Sound of music. Which you know, you know what? what? That cracked me up though, Corey. Is that my wife goes? I didn't know that they were the same person. It's like what. How did you not know that the head of the Von Trapp family was yeah, not well, the same person over there? <laughs> well, he looked pretty different now than he yeah, did yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think people kind of like. <laughs> oh, Edelweiss, but, though, right? He was just there singing yeah. it so nicely. But kudos to Christopher Plummer on a long and uh, very successful acting career. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't think much has to be said about Hank Aaron. I think, uh, no. you know, another trailblazer. Yeah, in uh, professional sports even, for black athletes. You know, we saw yeah. recently that he was even uh, on the court with Trey Young. He was still involved in Atlanta. Yes, to the end, right? That's, that's a big deal. Like he's a legend. Yeah. He, I'm sure anywhere he went. I mean, the very fact that uh, that story he talked about in Cleveland is that he would show up to Cleveland because it was always cold with a balaclava on, right? 
So for years, years, that's how he would go into the dog pound because he was a big, huge Cleveland Browns fan. Why? I don't know. Maybe he likes losers like I do. I don't know. But (laughs) he'd wear that balaclava all the time just sitting there. And then one day, this one guy was looking at him for years and then kind of followed him out and then saw him in one of the restaurants going, I knew it was you. For years, I'd see you. (laughs) I knew it. Uh, And when he tells that story, it's just so amazing. It's it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend of mine uh, who has, uh, uh, he's done well for himself. And so he's got um, a good collection of exotic cars. You know, he doesn't want to be a Ferrari guy because those guys are different, but he has Lamborghinis. And so he's part of the Seattle Lamborghini Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's known this guy for, it's a couple of years ago, but he's known this guy for like 10 years. They've been in this Lamborghini Club together. And they're sitting uh, at Dick's Drive In down 45th. It's a popular hamburger stand uh, in the Seattle area. You know, them and all their Lamborghinis are pulled in this joint. And uh, they start talking and he's like, man, I know was, I've known you for so long. He's like, I, just, I don't know how, like, like what your career has been. And he's like, oh man. He's like, I've, uh, I had a hit on the radio and I run a record label now. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, he goes anything I might know. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, he goes, baby got back was my jam. And so he, this home dude had known Sir Mix a lot for a long time and not known that it was. No Sir way. Like, bro, he's like, I was listening I was driving to Dick's listening to my posse on Broadway, following Sir Mix-a-Lot in the Lamborghini on Broadway and had like no idea. No way. That's awesome. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot looks different now than he looked back in the you know, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> completely low key. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a hit one time. I had a hit one time. <laughs> I run a small record label now. <laughs> yeah, Sir Mix a lot. Come on, yeah. wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Had to hit that. It's not a big deal. <laughs> on MTV every day. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. man, Sir Mix a lot. There you go. Bringing oh. it way back. Yeah. That's what you got to do. I like right? it. And then where you fit in? Those are the guys you want to hang out with. Oh my so god. So this is assuming guys where you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. with that, that brings us to the end of episode 28. Yeah. Perfect. That brings us there. Man, it's a good time. Come back soon. We we enjoy talking with you. It's always yeah, Corey. Oh my gosh. That was that was it's a good been day. a pleasure. You it's know. been a pleasure. You know, maybe the next time I'll be on, I'll uh hit the fountain of youth. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You could be uh, you can drink you know. from it now. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Or the color will... on the on the screen will be different. So I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I need you to keep an eye on Sean's though, and just make watch how the line changes on the corners. You I will. I can see it from here. I just need someone. What are you talking about? This is this is this is all pure Valencourt. Pure. Yeah. Valancourt. Pure. Is that, the, is that the name of the shade that you pick? <laughs> yeah. Pure He's Valancourt. coming out with his own salad dressing too. Pure Valencourt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my it. gosh, man! What a treat, Corey. Corey, I, I really enjoyed you being on here um let's have you back very soon okay it was yeah. fun stuff yeah, man we'll, we'll figure it out but let's talk more when the, the angel sees a little deeper and we can talk more about you know for always, sure it's always hard to look at a 10 game uh snapshot let's, yeah let's yes and let then me, we'll me... uh we'll have a look back on uh how many dog beers we're sending you yep. if we're or if you're sending us <laughs> dog beer after yeah. the super bowl is over yeah. or what's your uh what's your prediction for this weekend uh, I'm going to take my prediction and go with Casey. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going on the assumption. Mahone's going to pull it out. 
you know, with Tyreek Hill and, uh, you know, Kelsey. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah see what you happens. know my prediction, bro. You know it. 31-28, KC. Uh, that Tyreek and Travis were out this week feeling a little disrespected. So, Matt, that might be something. You might be onto something there. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Now, I will say the storybook would be better written, and I would it would make for a better ending for Brady to walk away and not to walk away, but stop just it, get the- stop it, Corey. You were just yeah. fine where you were, and then you had to yeah. go that extra mile there, right? Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> he is a truth teller, Sean. Yes, I can tell the truth. We don't have to hide behind our. Fantasy. I tell the truth as well. It's just that I have a skewed version of it. <laughs> okay. It's hey, it's just a prediction. It's just a prediction. We'll see. We'll see. Corey and I are rooted over here in reality, and you live in the <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Oh, right on. Okay. All right, so twenty-eight. Thanks for spite. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Take it easy. Next week, we'll see you. you Absolutely. It. Peace. All right, man. Later, fellas. You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us. Watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week, and join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos, or even join us as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.